<laughs> That's now we're live, everybody. Now we're live. <laughs> welcome. We're we're live. Welcome. Stop to saying bad words. Episode ninety-one. Our first frames first. <laughs> My name is Adrian Constant, as you can see on your screen. I am one of your hosts, and tonight Jay and I are going to be talking to Tina Constant. Now, that's right, that's you. So <laughs> let me just run through what the show is going to be quickly. We're going to do a quick Fable Forest update. Then we're going to run into the main segment where we're going to talk to Tina, who is a prolific short story creator. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of how to create a short story that you love. And then we'll wrap it up with what you're watching. And then finally, some Desert Island movies. That is what episode 91 is going to be, you beautiful people. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Jay. We run Fable Forest Films. Right now, we're totally independent. But what's the dream? Making crazy awesome film and television for the biggest studios. This podcast is our journey. All right. Welcome, welcome to the show. You know, I'm going to say the last episode was the first time we had these cute little intros um and uh, not intros but uh segment intros and for some reason there was a giant echo whenever we were playing them so uh uh maybe by sheer will uh that's not happening this time uh i didn't do anything differently um i sent an email to technical support and they said maybe you should try closing some browsers so, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the app is a in a browser window. So, uh, I don't know. Don't close that browser window. If I close that browser window, this won't be a problem. Maybe that's <laughs> what they meant. I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anywho, welcome to the show. Um, I'm your less important host, uh, Jason. And, but with uh, such a sexy hat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Tina. Um, hey, why, why don't we, before we get into um, uh, our, our newest segment and really the main discussion for being on the show, um, Adrian, why don't you take a second for those who don't need, know Tina and give her a little intro. Give Tina okay. a little intro. So, Maybe Tina should introduce herself, but you right. could try. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, Tina Constant is my sister, and she is also the chief noisemaker over at Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast, which is a very prolific podcast. She has adult stories that she puts out every single week, and she has multiple kids' stories that she puts out every single week as well. She is a very lady. She's a very busy lady. She is a very lady. She's also, she's also a very lady. <laughs> and, and a very prolific creator of stories to the point where you, you're kind of shocked. Your work ethic is insane. It's something to aspire towards. And so we just thought we had to get you on the show to like, you know, let's talk about some of the creative things that you do and the journey you go on when you're trying to find what story to tell next. Because mm -hmm. when you have to tell three stories a week, yeah. four stories a week, I mean, you've got a busy creative brain right there. A little bit. <laughs> now, uh, let's quickly do a Fable Forest update and then and then we'll move on. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you an update. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is that is Jason's son. Yeah, that is yeah, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> his head in the in the water. Um, okay, so a quick quick company update. Um, from my side, I am completely caught up with all of our accounting, uh, all the way up until this month. Very exciting stuff, um, and um, I am working with an accountant and the government to um, get our corporate taxes and HST tax type stuff cleaned up for last year. Um, and for the first time ever, uh, Fable Forest Films is looking into applying for a film and television production 
tax credit with the Canadian government. So um, we have uh, one of the seasons of our television show, Art of Eight Limbs. It's been officially classified as Canadian content. So hopefully we're going to get uh, a couple bucks back from the government for some of the money that we spent making Art of Eight Limbs season one. Um, if that is successful, we will let you guys know uh, the process and uh, maybe we'll try to get some bucks back for season two also. So we'll see. But that's uh, that's what I've been like neck deep in uh, is accounting. So exciting. So exciting. <laughs> you must just be living your best life right now. I am. I'm just... <laughs> um, as for me, today I was just working on some more VFX shots. I added some cuts and some gouges to some monster heads for the movie. And um, also I, I got the score, a, a, a piece, a chunk of the score, and I threw it in. And I got to tell you, a, a piece of it brought me to tears. Not because it was so beautiful and so sort of like emotional, but because it was so twisted and dark. I was like, yes, this is very... Twisted and dark and excellent. The real me. This is good. Yeah. And some tears came to my eyes because you can see, I can see the end of the tunnel. You know, we've been, we've been moving for a long time. And, you know, you, as the pieces come together for the film, you start to see the end. And it becomes more and more exciting the more pieces you keep putting in. So I'm just really excited. As we go, good chunks are coming in and it's excellent. When it works, it's just heaven. Amazing. That is our update. Well, one more piece of update. Okay. We're signed up for oh. Social B. Yay! <laughs> uh, so we're 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 signing up for a new app that's going to help us manage and maintain our social media presence. So we actually got signed up last night. Look, look at we have like a, a a business type. We started to set up some of our social media profiles. And, uh, you know, now we have to go through and figure out how this thing works. So um, this was also re a recommendation from Tina, um, who uses it religiously. So thank you for that. And uh, hopefully everyone's going to start to see us uh, just have a, an effortless social media experience, you know? Yeah. All right. Into okay. the main segment. The main segment. Perfect. Now, do you want me to do the music? Uh, well, well, no, because you, you, you don't know you don't know what we're going to build yet. So uh, you haven't built a segment for this new part of the show yet, which we're going to call Hot for Teacher. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so our two main segments, you know, we're going to we have we have, by the way, hold on. Uh, we still do have. We still have our segment whiny babies and I will tell you that I am nursing a crazy headache today to the point where this show almost didn't happen oh. because I've been lying in bed and uh, literally oh. just was like, Oh my God, they're waiting for me to send them a link to the thing. So that was whiny baby segment, but hot for <laughs> teacher is going to be when fable forest tries to teach you guys something, right? We try to bring some of our experiences or uh, bring on a special guest who knows something more than we do. And we're, we're trying to share a little bit of knowledge with you guys. So that's hot for teacher. What I was thinking, everybody knows the Van Halen hot for teacher song. I hope. And if, if you don't, uh, please go and listen to hot for teacher by, <laughs> by Van Halen. So what I want to have happen is, I'm thinking like we have a bunch of kids in a classroom and they're they're kind of going, they're like, oh, hey, I wonder what the teacher's going to look like this year, right? And what we're hoping for is a very sexy teacher to come out into our thing. But what we have instead is a picture of Adrian and I dressed in our shirts with like a bow tie and like glasses and it says Mr. Green and Mr. Constant. And above it says Fable Forest university and then the fable forest university just turns into fu and there you have it we have, we have we have hot for teacher there you go so that's what i'm that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for uh okay okay so I, you can dream 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So moving into the segment. Now, we've been doing a lot of chatting, and Tina, you have been just standing there very politely. Why don't you give us a bit of a background? Tell us about how you got to where you are right now with Waffle Free and your life telling stories. I would say how I got to Waffle Free was digging myself out of a creative hole for real. That's really where Waffle Free came from because I had been working since 2003 on a novel that I've yet to publish. <laughs> it's nine different novels that I keep putting aside, starting again, putting aside. But I found myself getting into a loop of working for years on something and then getting to the end of it and then going, no, I can't publish that, putting it aside, picking up something else. So this like deep involvement, engage, engage, put it away. Next one, put it away. And always feeling that the next one was always going to be the right one, but never publishing anything, nothing. And that is when Waffle Free came about when I said to myself, no, dude, no, 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 girl, you can't do this. You have to publish. In fact, we're going to talk, you know, when we first talked, we said there's going to be six steps. They're not really steps. I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit. But the first, the decision was, I have to publish. You have to publish if you're going to break the cycle of always creating and never actually finishing or moving on to the next phase. It's such an easy trap for artists to get stuck in. Always thinking that, well, the art is in the creation. <laughs> no, the art is in your audience, you know? And if you're always problem of that thing that you're making because you can't quite cross the line, they're sitting there having to engage themselves with something else instead of your magic. So, no, that is really Waffle Free started because I needed to break my mental cycle of not ever putting anything into the world. And wow. it was a revelation. Wonderful. So, yeah. I, mean, that, mm -hmm. I was going to say that that was the, the topic of our last podcast was, was having that fear of finishing and putting your your work out into the world right there you go yeah and you know what often it isn't even fear there's always an there, there may be an element of fear but then there is also often an element of just isolation almost it's like i'm doing this and i'm loving doing it and i don't really want to put it into the world because then that means i have to do something else like deal with people deal with publishers deal with agents deal with an audience deal with yada yada the thing that is not just the creation the number of writers i've met who have said i just want to sit in a cupboard and write <laughs> yeah but then what you know yeah, yeah. and it is that next step and accepting that that is part of the process and it's a beautiful process mm -hmm. you know when you really start seeing that other people are excited about your work it opens doors in your mind to do new and other things so, so how how has Waffle how has Waffle Free gone since its inception? When did you launch Waffle Free, and how has the progress been moving so far? Okay, Waffle Free for adults and young adults started in December twenty nineteen, and that was fables. And it was originally going to be traditional fables and stories that I just found and I just loved. And then I found that uh, it was taking me as long to find something that I loved and then learn it and tell it as it would to write something original. Mm -hmm. And then I went, oh yeah, I'm a writer. <laughs> 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 so I started to write. So the first six of the adult podcast are uh, traditional tales that I just adore. And then from seven onwards, except for the guest uh, stories of which you guys have submitted beautiful <laughs> tales. Oh my gosh, they are just gorgeous. Except for the guest stories and the guest interviews, they're all then originally written. Then in January this year, the kids podcast started, which is very exciting. So that's the kids show, podcast and YouTube, both together. Gradually, the adult stories are going on to YouTube, but uh, it's mainly the kids. The kids are focusing on YouTube and then the podcast is secondary. Although the numbers of listeners on, on the podcast are much higher than YouTube. Mm -hmm. For the kids story or for both or... Now, I will tell you that I have looked for kids' stories to play for the girls in the car, mm. and mm. this was probably about, I would say, probably about eight months ago, I, I yeah. looked, and I didn't find anything that was like, 
um, a single story element. You found yeah. stuff that was stories that was kind of long and drawn out and it was just way too complicated. It wasn't yeah. catering towards young kids. So yeah. I think that, I mean, this is wonderful. And I've told you this before. I think you're onto something magical here. Well, I tell you what, it's fun. It's so much fun. But it is it is more challenging than the adult one, for sure. Oh. Kind of more difficult. Now, I don't know whether that is the YouTube. In fact, it is the YouTube element of it. Because with the adult one, I can get the story and then tell it in a much more gentle way because I'm just doing audio. But mm -hmm. the kids. Oh my gosh, it just has to be one take. So one take might take 15 takes to get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my dogs come in just as I've gotten a perfect take and the door slams and it's like, come on, people. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's much more difficult. But I'm loving the whole end process. When I finally get a story that I go, okay, that one I like and go live on YouTube. It's like, oh, very exciting. <laughs> so. Now, yes, it's so excellent. Just before we carry on, I just want to ask you one more thing. What, where are you and what time is it right now where you are? Uh, <laughs> I am just south of Aberdeen, Scotland, and it is 1.16 in the morning. Just thank you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for staying up, which I assume is past your bedtime. Uh, it's, it's way I past am... my bedtime. Oh my God, no, I'm a dawn raider, which means I will go to sleep at nine and wake up at five. I was awake at five this morning. So you're getting a very unfiltered version of me. <laughs> this is probably very, very well, good. Keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's water, I promise. <laughs> All right. So, uh, now, how many, so getting back to, how many stories are you creating now with your new schedule with the waffle free storytelling and the waffle and the, for kids waffle free for kids as well how many stories in total are you coming up with a week okay i aim for between three and five um the podcast for the kid for adults is one every week <clears throat> so that's a no-brainer the kids one i actually <laughs> you know whenever you start something you go I'm going to do this every day. And then reality hits and you go, no. <laughs> so it was three a week, then two a week. And then it's like, no, hang on, until I get the process right, one a week, and then I'll get back to two a week and then three a week. So for the last couple of weeks, I've only created one a week for kids. But I am writing, uh, I, I, I aim to write two stories for adults and two stories for kids uh, every week, mainly because there are some stories that just poof, fall out your head. They just, mm -hmm. that's just how it happens. And some that take ages. So you always want to give the time to, to let something filter and stew and yeah, and then it's right. And then some you just throw away. So you probably about 75% of what gets written never ever sees uh, or does see the light today. About 25% I just ditch. I never, I never do anything with. So yeah, between three and five, depending on what's going on. Okay. Adrian, how many short stories do you write a week? I write I write one short story a year. <laughs> <laughs> so we are not the professionals here, okay? Um, so thank you, thank you for sharing your ex expertise. I think you know. I think that um, our short stories recently have come whenever there's some sort of contest that we want to enter, some sort of like. Oh, there's some there's some money on the table, um, and we want to have that uh, money over there. And so let's see if let's see what we can do. Let's let's yeah. let's use our storytelling abilities to see if we can grab that. But it hasn't hasn't worked yet. So maybe I'm hoping that some of these tips here today can help us uh, get get to the get to the bucks is what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm I that's why we're recording. Uh, so I don't have to take notes. There you yeah. go. So, um, can we can we start to get into what makes a great short story? Maybe some of the differences between writing a short story and writing a novel. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And actually, there's there's three differences. The difference between writing a short story that's going to print, writing a novel, and then also writing a story that you're going to tell. Mm. Because a story that you're going to tell is very different to a story that you're going to put to print. And then, of mm. course, much more different to a, to, to a novel. So um, 
if you think first of the two story types, one that you're going to tell that one you're going to write. Obviously, if you're going to write it, you can have a lot more detail, a lot more sensory expression, a lot more beauty in the language because somebody's going to sit, they're going to read quietly, and the, as the words unfold, so the images unfold in their minds, and that's it. So you can have a lot more detail. You can, you can almost have it, you can have it longer than a story that is told in many cases. But when you're writing a story that's going to be told, the, the action needs to be a little bit faster. The language needs to be a little bit shorter, if you like. And, but, the, but the sensory experience needs to be incredibly rich. So for every word that you would use to uh, all the purple prose that you would put in a short story to, to embellish a scene would be sensory words that you would put into a story that you're going to tell. Because when you're telling a story, you need to pull people emotionally into the tale so that they come with you all along and they can see the pictures, they're painting the pictures. Because keep in mind, when you're telling a story, people can't necessarily, or they don't necessarily rewind to hear that again. Like a movie, they're watching it one time and they're watching it flow and they need that continuity to build up as they go. So it is painting a picture in the person's mind when you're telling a story is a little bit different to when you're writing it because of that lack of rewindability that people are unlikely to do. Um, and I suppose, just, and, I, and I suppose, in a short story that you're writing, you do have the ability to jump from one timeline yeah. to another timeline, and you can mm -hmm. jump kind of into a person's thoughts, and you can live there for a little while before you yeah. jump back into the actual activity of what they're doing. Like, yeah. like you said, like a movie, it kind of runs chronologically. What are the people doing? Yes. And it runs and it runs along this timeline. Very similar. But when you're writing, you really, when you're writing it, you really can get into the psyche and you yeah. can live there for a little while and you can jump to a flashback and you can come back. Yeah. 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 yeah well, okay. the story you tell, not so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, um, and, and let's, let's kind of hear some, some of your process, but I was going to say that part of my process, uh, is to read my stories out loud. Um, and so I tend to, at least I think, you know, I tend to, whenever I'm writing something, it does kind of flow quickly. And the, because I'm not just reading it on the page, I'm actually reading it out loud. So I'm making sure that to me, the words sound the way I want to hear them. So I don't know if that's a, a good tip for everybody, or if it's, if that can kind of stop you from doing certain things that you might want to do if if it's not to be told out loud um, but i tend to do that with with everything i write no matter what no that's an excellent process to go through because when people are reading they are they are hearing they vote their own voices in their head as their uh, hey vincent uh they're hearing their uh, voices in their head as they're reading your stuff mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. if it if the flow is there for you and this is also the good thing is when you're reading what you're writing out loud and you trip over a sentence, you know for sure that the reader is going to trip over the sentence, even if mm -hmm. it's inside your head. So no, no, no. Yeah. For nonfiction, fiction, everything. And you know what? I, you know what? I also is also a great editing tip, is uh, instead of you reading out loud because you will very often trip over typos or anything like that, you will find uh, do a search on uh, Google or what have you for uh, text to voice, and you will get a computer generated voice reading your text back to you. So that if you have a random little S hidden away in there, it'll actually pronounce it as it reads it. You catch all the typos. That is always the very final bit of my editing process to make mm. sure I catch everything. And then if there is anything missing in the rhythm or the flow, you can hear it because now you're, you're reading it and you're hearing it. It's a beautiful multisensory experience. And so now, does it sound like a robot though? Or can you get no. a good... You can actually choose Australian accent, British, American, male, female, they're very good. <laughs> They're very good. Yoda. I don't see why not. I feel like me do. That was that was Chewbacca. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> do you have Adrian? Do you have? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I I was moving on to my next question, which was. We're going to get into your steps into writing a short story. Now, in, in the description of those steps of yours, is there, uh, do you talk about what you, uh, how you come up with some of your ideas? Uh, 
the process and I, i'm actually sitting here because i've been thinking about as soon as i said six steps six steps we're going to talk about you, steps you, in a minute. you don't have to do six steps no no no, yeah. no I, I, actually I don't, I don't do six steps i'm not even going to tell you steps i'm going to completely backtrack on all of that but i'll get to that i'll get to that so no where ideas come from absolutely no <laughs> <laughs> well the kid's story is easy because we have Jack, Horace, Jemima, the Hoof McGraws of Noodlewood. So these are the characters. This is the setting. This doesn't change. All of the stories. Oh, you see my new poster. You're like, oh, you're cute. You see there you go. I love it. <laughs> so the Hoof McGraws of Noodlewood. And then the kids send in their words. So it's almost like um, I am guided by the words that the kids sent in. So let's see. The words, oh, I've rubbed it off by now. Today's story had catnip, cow, and robot. I mean, really, people, come on. <laughs> what is that story going to be about? I mean, oh, it's so much fun. Oh, nobody knows. First of all, first of all, just take take one step back. Okay. So you have you have a set batch of characters. Yeah. And then people send in their words. Explain explain what you mean here. Like, what is happening? Okay. All right, this is ridiculous fun. It is based on a, a game that my nieces and I used to play when they were very little. I'd go to South Africa and we actually had the same characters. It was Jack, Horace and Jemima. They were kids at the time. They weren't Hoofmagraws. The Hoofmagraws are new thing. But then they would give me three random, completely crazy words. And then I just make up a story and it was fun. It's a car trip game, you know? And so when the whole idea of uh, the, the Waffle Free for Kids came along and it's like, ah, I want engagement. The adult podcast is very much me writing and creating stories one way direction. I wanted for the kids, I wanted input, you know? And so literally we have these three characters and they're in Noodlewood. In the very first story, they find themselves lost from home uh, because of a, of, a, of a wild and crazy buffalo and lava and oh Lord above, Ill, things happen in that first story. <laughs> and now, now we get stories, uh, words coming in from kids around the world and uh, three story, three words are used for every story, and that shapes what happens in the story. So, like for instance, in today's story that I just recorded, we have catnip, we have cow, and we have um, uh, a robot. Okay, so those were the three words that got sent in completely. One from Australia, no, two from South Africa, and one from Australia. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, and so the, the story does continue episode to episode. So the Hoof McGraws do like where they left off in the last one. That is the next story that they, they don't suddenly end up on a mountaintop if they were in a valley the, the day before. Mm -hmm. And so they've just recovered from their last challenge. And now they've got this new one. Ah, and so we have Bowie, the beast of Noddlewood, <laughs> who wants catnip. We've got a great adventure. So that's going out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's very interactive and kids must just send in words because the next story does depend on words coming in from kids. So creating and, the story and the ideas comes from that. And there is a full arc in your story. It goes, yeah. they, they, they encounter obstacles along the way and they finally, there is a resolution at the end where da 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 and the day is saved. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes now, Jemima saves it, sometimes Jack, sometimes Horace, and they've all got their different quirks and personalities. No, the aim must be, every story must be its own little bubble within the overall arc of them finding their way home. Lovely. It's fun. <laughs> so that's the kids' one. So in terms of finding ideas, the kids' one's relatively easy because I am guided by what the kids send in. Uh, the adult one's different. That is different in that some, that is guided in fact, if you know me very, very well, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> and you listen to the stories, you will know the challenges I am facing as you listen to them. So if I'm feeling very confused about something, I'm going to have a few stories about very confused characters. <laughs> so that's just how it is. It's ridiculous. So, uh, so yeah, the adult stories are... Uh, are different in that when I am finding out what those stories are, they very often just come from things that are bugging me or from things in the world. So we've got stuff like um, Little Hands was written at the time of the American elections last November. Uh, we've got um, at The Day the Sun Stopped Playing Ball was all about uh, Greta and the, the um, her, her battle right. with the politicians. I could, I could definitely tell that your influence was greater and the politicians. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you definitely yeah. get a sense. So Absolutely. you're writing what you're experiencing. 
Yes, yes. So it is a, it's, a, it's a mix between just kind of what's in here or, uh, or something that I see in the world or just a human condition that feels like there's a story. Sometimes, though, I get to a Monday and I go, oh, bloody hell, story on Friday. I don't know what's going on. And then, then I structure something. Then mm -hmm. I go to um, Cat wrote a novel. Cat wrote a novel. Cat wrote a novel. 15-step ah, process in that. You, oh. guys, you guys know this. Yeah, yeah. For novels. That, that, book, that might, book might be on your bookshelf too, Adrian. I'm not sure. Love it. Not, not writes a novel. No. <laughs> but yeah, the, you, you will have the movie version of it for sure. But um, uh, there is a 15-step. There you go. Exactly. Save the cat. Save the cat. <laughs> but when I'm really stuck, I will go, okay, let's go hardcore structure. And I'll get the 15 steps of, of, of story structure. And uh, and off we go. We just and then and then I. But often, oddly enough, the stories that I struggle most to finish and make right are the ones I have to go and force, uh, force through through the structure. Yes. No That's, flow. They, they'll, okay. They always end up being the ones that are furthest, the, the ones that inspire you the least. Because they come from a they come from a place of structure first and inspiration second. Yeah. So you're you're hunting for the inspiration, whereas I find that normally if the inspiration comes first, and then the structure can come right at the end. Yeah. You just kind of make sure. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Where do you, Adrian? Where do you get? Uh, like, if you're trying to write something short, and I suppose for us, like, um, coming up with a movie concept that maybe then you start to flush out a little bit more. Where do your your ideas come from or some of them so it's funny that we were talking about this because i was stuck we were doing the short story for this contest and i was stuck and so i did it did get me thinking when we were going to have this conversation tina about where ideas come from and and you jay you were like oh yeah i got my i got my short story idea and i was like oh man i have zero i have absolutely nothing <laughs> but i really do find and this this goes from a short short story idea to a feature film idea to any idea i think that if your brain if you are if you say for instance go for a walk go for a shower or sit on the bus and you your brain moves into that kind of lazy state mm -hmm. the things that sort of drift through your head on a continual basis i think there's something there so mm -hmm. I was just sitting on the couch and I was just lazing my brain and the things that I was thinking about with regards to the environment, with regards to what happens if, you know, what would happen if the environment all went to pot and it just, we, we did hit another ice age, what would happen then? And all of a sudden I had a short story in my brain, but it's because the, the thoughts that were wafting through my head were those thoughts. So I think really just whatever you're thinking about on the most consistent basis, there's probably a story in there. What about you, Jay? Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I agree. I, I think it's, it's when you can let your mind rest. That's when I come up with my best ideas. I think I, I do actually come up with a lot of ideas in the shower. And to be honest with you, most of my ideas come from, um, right when I wake up, like when I'm remembering what I've been dreaming about, those often are the inklings of my stories that that rattle around in my brain and then also um i i like i do like i do like a contest because sometimes they'll give you some parameters right and kind of like tina's uh children um that are like uh you know water buffalo and you know computer mouse and then you're like okay now i'm gonna try to smash some things together and go um so i like a contest to give me something and then i just mull it around in my brain for a while until something starts to to kind of take hold if inspiration wise i never had a problem there but the structure and the getting things completed now that's where i fall down so let's maybe talk about some of those steps Let's get into the meat of this, Tina. Come on, let's do it. All right. Give us our give us our six steps. And you on know how what? to write. I am now going to let you down. And I'm going to let right. you down. Right. Adrian you was like, 
Adrian was like, call the show The Six Steps to an Easy Short Story. And I was like, Six Steps? <laughs> no. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. As soon as I said that, it was like, no, no, no. Because if there are six steps to anything, everybody would be doing it because that's six steps to making a cake. You can do that because it's replicable and it's straightforward and easy. If Stephen King said, here are the six steps I take to writing a novel, you will never get a Stephen King novel because in between each one of those six steps, there are a hundred Stephen Kinganums that only Stephen King can do, mm -hmm. you know? So whenever you say six steps to something, fine, but what are the unique things that artist does in between that makes it possible that we don't know? What do you got mm. there? Dun, dun, dun. I love that guy stuff, <laughs> which is why he's a bestseller. Everybody loves him. So <laughs> it wasn't so much six steps. It's more creating the mindset that allows you to produce. All I right. Really oh, where I was getting to. That is awesome. The mindset that allows you to produce. I love yeah. that. Okay, well, but we'll give you a break. Seven steps. Seven. Tell me, I'm going to need a cup of tea for seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the seventh? What no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're good. You're good. Okay, the <laughs> mindset. Have to make up a seven step. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. All right. So, the, so number one. Number one. What? Decide to publish, decide to publish and commit to publishing. Now, actually the first three come very closely tied in because you want to decide to publish. You want to set a schedule that is frequent. Okay, because you can decide to publish but you might publish in three years time. Mm. There's be a lot of wiggle room. You can decide to uh, publish uh, 10 times but only at the end of the year. That's gonna give you a lot of wiggle room. It's the frequency. It's when you say, I tell you what, the, the time my thinking and story creation became very clear was when I said, without doubt and no exception, I think I've missed a story release twice in the last year for the adult show. Without exception, a story goes out on Friday, even if I'm staying up all night to do it. Every Friday, a story will go live on the adult podcast. You commit to publishing, you commit when you're going to publishing, and you do it frequently. Even if it is a small pieces of work, if you're an artist or a painter or a filmmaker, tiny little things that you put out into the world. Like for you guys, the show every week, you're putting it out into the world. You put it out, always putting something out into the world begins to break down those barriers. And then the most important thing, which is really the fourth thing, is then it creates inside your mindset this expectation of idea generation. And that's where the magic comes in. Because then when you know you have to release something, create something or put it out, you're, you are automatic and you've committed to it in your whole heart and soul, then you're automatically scanning your world for story ideas and inspiration. Very then when you go and hop in the shower, it's like, oh, oh my God, a piece of paper, get a waterproof pen, I gotta write, write, write. Because your brain is looking for stuff because you know you've got to release your, 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 your film, your video, your book, your idea, your story, whatever it is often and to an audience because people are waiting and expecting it so so can i just just talking about that how would you deal with the frequency of like a larger project like I would, mm -hmm. yeah it is to continue to work on the larger project but keep on putting out little snippets and pieces of information about it to the world throughout the creation of that larger project so Man. say for instance with a novel now okay hands up I can do the podcast and what have you every week. That is it. It's in the world. The novel, I do struggle with this. And I'm struggling with the novel because I'm still struggling with this. So you're writing a novel, for instance, big piece of work. It's going to take you however long it takes you. Fine. What I should be doing, and now that I've talked to you guys, oh, I'm going to make myself do it, <laughs> is to put out um, character snippets. Uh, do a video describing the character that, uh, or, or a particular setup or a situation. Make it multimedia. Uh, gather a whole bunch of possible covers and put that out. So you're priming yourself, you're priming your audience. It's actually a multi-purpose exercise because then people are beginning to go, what the, what's this person working on? And gradually you're building your audience at the same time as developing your thinking and growing confident in the notion that not only you're not actually working in isolation, 
from the very beginning of the project, you're beginning to put stuff out. So the little trailers that you're putting out for your for your movie, make many more, put them out every week. You know, mm -hmm. tiny little snippets, little things here, there, everywhere, and just put them out on social B. Listen, mm -hmm. don't can. make a new trailer. Don't make a new trailer every week. That's too much. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, no. I, <laughs> no, I, and I think that probably what you have is you have a deadline and an expectation. Yes. You, it, it, it forces you to keep the wheels turning and the wheels yeah. turning at a regular pace. So exactly. probably the way that we could implement that in, in the filmmaking side with a larger project is that we do what we did towards the end of the project, Jay. We like we create the timeline and we stick to that timeline and we have regular checkpoints where we are seeing because you just got to keep working at a good pace. Yeah, because it's the you know so that you keep the momentum up, up, mm -hmm. up. I now, think I think structured updates to an audience is important, mm -hmm. right? So, so an, another example would be picking a, a few key, let's say, folks, and make sure making sure that you are updating them on the regular with what progress you are making, right? Mm -hmm. So that it's not necessarily that you're putting something into the world because you might not be ready to do that yet but maybe what you're doing is you're showing certain aspects and certain progressions and you're committing to delivering things on a schedule yeah yeah it's yeah. good on accountability you know knowing that you've got to sit and look someone in the eye and say oh i didn't do it again right it's difficult to say after it a while. is it is yeah. Je, uh, Vincent saying uh, constantly managing expectations, which is true. You, yes. You're constantly letting people know where you are and how far you are and mm. what's going on, and it's it's yeah. about transparency, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it's managing expectations of your of your audience, um, of yourself, and you know the amount of help that you get. In fact, just before this, I was on a Q and A for another project, and uh, I was talking about waffle free family stories, which is another. Thing that's coming soon and just talking a little bit this is what's happening how it's working and just from this group of people the amount of suggestions and ideas and oh do this do this here's a resource it was amazing mm -hmm. so as soon as you start reaching out into the world talking about your work you'll be you'll be amazed and stunned at how much comes back from the world because people are naturally helpful you know? I, I okay so that, sorry i do think that one of the most detrimental things that you can do is to hide away in your basement 100 percent yeah you got to get out there it's probably the most important thing you can do yeah step two so step one <laughs> no, I'm, on step I'm, five, all of that. <laughs> I'm okay no step one i'm keeping i'm keeping things so step one is deciding and committing to publishing and setting realistic <laughs> dead, deadlines all right so step, step one decide to publish okay okay Step two, make sure that you set a schedule that you honestly in your heart commit to, no messing. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you publish frequently and meaning weekly, more than weekly, as often as you feel that you can. Monthly, too long. If you're wanting to, it doesn't matter how big the project is. If you need, if you are working on something every day, find a way to be accountable or to produce or to deliver something every week at least so that you can mm -hmm. talk about what you've been doing on every single day. Okay, then you've got uh, then and then all of that creates this expectation in your mind, and that is probably the core. That all all of that um, delivery and 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 um, scheduling and commitment creates the fertile ground in your mind to be looking and expecting a story, so that when you can then when you know that you have to deliver something, you can be sitting in a coffee shop and the two people in front of you are not just having a conversation. They're having an argument about the doomsday. Oh, the end of the world is coming and one of them has a vial in their bag. And oh my God. And suddenly <laughs> coffees and coffee shops become exciting events. That's <laughs> right. That moment because you're looking and you're searching for any situation that sparks a story. So that fertile ground is laid. And then once and then, so that's four. Four, okay. Step five, step five is you wait for it to be right. Now, I'll give you today as an example. I have recorded Saturday's story for the kids. I am not happy with it. I recorded it like seven times, edited it, the works. I looked at it, it's like, nah, there's just something 
So I did some rewrites and I practiced it. It was too long. It was a huge So you never put anything into the world that you're calling a finished product until you get that ping. You, you as artists will know, you know, when you've done, when you do something and then suddenly it's like a string in you that just sings true. Uh -huh. And you're saying, that's right. You, you that's can't right. actually describe why it's right. Yeah. It's just, that's right. Yeah. And you wait for that. You want to put stuff in the world that you call a final project, that product that in, in two years time, if some random stranger came up to you and said, did you do that? You want to say, I did that uh -huh. with a very full open heart because you did something right that just sang true. And so that is just it. You, you, that's why I say I will be writing three to five stories a week because not, not all of them will make it. Some of them will sit in a little shelf and then some will never, ever get out. But you wait until you get that ping. Step six, I'm still, I might be able to make up a step seven, <laughs> is do it your way. Because one of the traps I think artists fall into, and business people, human beings, is we look for guidance from people who have been there, done that, attained great success. And then we go, right, Neil Gaiman did that. I am going to now write with a fountain pen. The pen he uses has got nothing to do with the work he creates, you know? So if Neil Gaiman likes to write by hand, but you like to type in, do what works for you. Find the technology that works for you. Find the environment that works for you. If you are always trying to mimic the people you admire, you will always be mimicking the people you admire. Do you know what I mean? Instead of creating your own work and it's when you create your own work that's when you're creating something original and new that the world turns around and looks at and says i like that and then instead of saying oh i want to do what neil gaiman's doing they say oh i want to see what jay and adrian are doing because oh my gosh have you seen what Babel forest is up to you know what i mean because you're doing your thing that stands mm -hmm. out and so it is it's it's learning from other people who are creating incredible things, but then pulling out of that and adding your essence to it so that what you're doing is your unique thing. And you do that wow. by publishing and doing it frequently and committing to a schedule and da 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 See what I mean? Very good. Oh, I... Yeah, go. <laughs> Throw everything away and... <laughs> Enjoy it. Have fun. I tell you what, the best piece of advice was just really just a few weeks ago. There was uh, a chap I'm working with says, he, he literally looked me in the eye and said, seriously, it is just a book. And I went, oh yeah, <laughs> have some fun with it. It is just a film. It is just a book. It is just a story. It is just that. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't take yourself too seriously all the time. Yeah, nah. yeah. Nobody else does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That those were excellent. Those were some excellent brain grenades for <laughs> us over here. Um, I, Very clear and concise. Yeah, that was excellent. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's so. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna make some comments on on your seven steps. Um, one is that they really do sound like smart goals. So I, I don't know if you guys have heard of SMART goals, but the, these are like the quintessential way to move a project forward in business and all that kind of stuff, right? So you're setting very specific, measurable, attainable, you know, and time-based. And, uh, and so you're, you're the, when you're building these goals for yourself, you're not just saying, um, I'm going to write a story. You say, I'm going to publish a story. And then you're also saying, I'm going to publish a story by this date. And mm. is it attainable? And where am I going to publish it? And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because maybe there's some, um, you know, things behind where you're going to publish that kind of make it, make a decision on what you're going to do. If you're just going to publish to YouTube, is it for kids? Is it for adults? Is it for whatever? And so all, all these factors, you know, play in what, you know, your step five, which was, which was, um, uh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I, I have difficulty with that one because I'm never happy with what I want to put out. So I, I also, you know, the last episode we talked about was fear of finishing and those two can be contradictory, right? Sometimes you just have to pull the pin 
and get your thing out there and hope that people are going to see it the way you saw it and not, uh, you know, not be afraid to put something out that might feel unfinished to you because you may never put it out if you're waiting for it to be perfect in your own eyes too, yeah. depending. So maybe that's uh that's true. And it's also then the good point that was made of managing expectations. There is never a perfect. You could make something completely incredible in your eyes and people will look at it and go, eh. so you're, you're yes. right. Your own We're familiar. I'm very yeah. familiar with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. That was awesome, Tina. Thank you so much for those wonderful insights. Honestly, it makes me want to go and write a short story. That's what I want to go do. It. I have, and I've sent it to Jason, and uh, I'm waiting for him to tell he's, me what he thinks. He's, he's on time. I'm going to. Is this the competition one? Yeah. The one yeah. for the coffee. Yeah. Oh, so, you know what? Actually, let's, let's quickly tell people about this competition. Hold on. Is it international, Jay? Uh, I don't know. But what you can do is you can read about it. And if it is international, then you can. You should enter. You can go for it. So the contest that Adrian and I are entering is on a website called Vocal, uh, vocal.media. Um, so I'm going to actually just, let me just share. Here we go. Here it is. So the contest is the little black book. So um, this company Vocal has partnered with Moleskine. Uh, Tina, are you familiar with Moleskine? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they have. They have, they have I write in those books. Yeah. yeah. So these are those perfect little beige or black or red books that you get at, you know, your local bookstore. Um, and there's a bunch of different kinds, but they're sturdy and they're so much fun to write. And some have the like little elastic that you you put over to hold everything tight or some of the ones are short and they go in your back pockets. So you're constantly writing things. But this, uh, sh this story has to be between 600 and 2000 words. Okay. It has cool. to involve the concept of someone coming into an unexpected $20,000. And oh. for, for fun, you can, add in a little black book into the story. So um, essentially you've, you've got a bunch of people that are writing a bunch of different types of stories and you submit them. And the cool thing is, sorry, let me just put this back on here. The cool thing is, whoops, when you submit, they, your work actually also gets published onto this website. So you can actually come and read all the different submissions. Oh, he's good. And uh, they're going to be choosing someone to win. Uh, $20,000 is the grand prize, $5,000 uh, for the second prize, and $1,000 for the third prize. So for any of you that really want to give it a try to win the $1,000, um, you can try that. Obviously, Adrian and I will be bringing home both first and second prize. Uh, so Respectively. Respectively, we won't tell you who won the grand prize and uh, and who came in second place. I but, will come uh, in first. Yes, probably. We'll see. <laughs> um, so, I mean, your story is finished first. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's it. So I'll put I'll put a link also to the to the challenge in the show notes. So if anybody else is interested, the deadline is it's in twelve days or something, right? Did I read March, that? Right? It's March the 2nd yeah. at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to try to write something by March 1st, you can. Get your game face on. Come on. All right. <laughs> now, moving on to our next segment. Jason, cue us up, please, sir. Watch you watching? What you watching? <laughs> what you watching? So, Tina, why don't you tell us what you're watching right now? and what you love about it and what you hate about it. Okay. All right. Uh, so you'd ask for three of what I'm watching. Okay. I have no, just no. one. No, just one. one. Just one. Three. Just, just what you're watching these days on TV or okay. or something that you're reading that you want to tell us that you're particularly excited about. Okay. I have got one very embarrassing thing. 
and I've got one mildly embarrassing thing. Which one do you want? You are watching Buffy. The are you watching player. Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I can't even read the book. I literally, I made me delete it from my from my Kindle. I've never deleted the book from my Kindle, but I literally had to go. Oh my! Just get out of my book! I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> close, close. No. Okay. No. Should I give you? The, okay. What do you want? Mildly embarrassing or shockingly embarrassing? Shockingly embarrassing. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Let's because we only have enough time for one. So oh, get to okay. the embarrassing. Right. I'm gonna be quick. I'm gonna be quick. Um, I just, I really don't enjoy reality TV. I just don't like game shows. Reality TV. I, just, I stumbled across Australia Married at First Sight. I can't get enough of it. Have you not seen it? It is shocking. It's a reality TV show where people in Australia there will be there will be an American version. There's definitely a British version. I think where people literally it's arranged. It's an arranged marriage. But it's part of a game show, and then they get put in these weird situations, and there are the, the conflict. And what they're doing is they're condensing like 20 years of marriage into 12 weeks. And it's like, you are freaking kidding me. The behaviors are incredible. I have to say, I've had about four short stories come out of it, so I'm calling it research. Yeah, it's a great study of, hu of the human condition, but not intelligence. Disagrees with you. He loves it. <laughs> I I don't know if I can trust either of your judgments. <laughs> now we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Jason, tell us about what you're watching right now. Uh, well, I just I I will say I just finished the show Hunters on Amazon Prime. This is um, Al Pacino, uh, and I. I will hatchet any of the other names if I try to guess, but you, there's a bunch of people that you will have seen before in, in lots of other things. And this is the show about operation paperclip. So I guess some of this is based on truthiness, uh, which I, I'm not going to dig into too much right now, but um, after the second world war uh, Americans brought um really uh you know scientific genius nazis from germany into america and like wiped their slate clean and the reason why it was called operation paperclip is because they would take all the bad off their file and all that would be left would be the indent of a former paperclip on their their american file or whatever so they give the the nazis new names and incorporate them into life and then it's 30 years later um, and the, you know, Al Pacino and team are a group of Jewish detectives sort of that come from all different walks of life and they're hunting Nazis in America. And, um, it was, yeah, I will say, I will give you a true review. Um, Is first one, of all, you will remember the piano scene, the scene in the pianos, the recording studio. Have you come to, is that, I'm thinking of the yes. same one. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah. It's good. So I, the true review that I will give is I, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> I, when I watched the first five minutes, I was like, holy shit. Sorry. Yeah. Pardon my French, but I couldn't believe what they did on a TV show in the first five minutes. And I was like, you've got me take, take my money, Amazon. Yeah. And I I'm in. By like the third or fourth episode, I was like, okay, this is kind of slowing down a little bit and it wasn't quite as exciting, but it ended really strong also. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, it's they ended where you'd be like, oh, I, I kind of want to watch a season two now. Yeah, so yeah. they got me. They got me. Hunters <laughs> was a good show. Um, so give it a watch on Amazon Prime. Um, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, the first five minutes was was awesome. And it's a very colorful show too. It's very colorful so and vibrant. So what do you, how about you, Adrian? Do you uh, yeah, no, just Sicario. I watched Sicario, which is a movie by Denny Villeneuve and it's shot by Roger Deakins. And I'm listening to the Roger Deakins podcast. He's a, he's one of, he's a world renowned cinematographer and I'm a huge fan. And um, I've just been listening to him talk about the movie for so long that I went out and found it. And I realized that it's on Amazon and on Netflix. I don't oh. know how many movies, 
are that good that both yeah. platforms will, will take them just because they know it it lifts the quality of the whole platform by having the movie on there. Yeah. Roger anyways, Deakins just won the Oscar oh, yeah. for 1917. Oh, yes, well. that is correct. Yeah, he did 1917. Um, yeah, so that's what I watched, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was an excellent, excellent movie. And I feel like the I feel like the 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 collaboration between uh, Denny and um, and Roger Deakins was really lifted the standard of what was written on the page because I could see what was written on the page could play out and it could be fairly now, fairly plain. It could correct, be like a normal little action movie. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Denny Villeneuve do um, Blade Runner also twenty forty nine and with and didn't Deacons. do it with him as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so yeah, those two guys are amazing. I, I just think that they, they they were able to lift the pay lift the quality of the script in the way that they handled it with the filmmaking. Um, because you would hear the dialogue and you'd be like, this is meant to play like a kind of a dumb action movie kind of scene. But mm -hmm. the way that they shot it and the way that they portrayed it and the score behind it really lifted it, you know. Anyway, so that's what I'm watching. All right. So now, right, now, now that we now that we have you back on as a guest, thank you. I don't know if we did this last time, Tina, but whenever we have a guest on the show, we do ask you for your three Desert Island movies, which are your like guilty pleasures, right? The three movies that you want to watch over and over again. Now, Adrian is going to make us an awesome segment uh, intro video for this, okay. but. It's not going to be for you because he's not done yet. Uh, he had a problem with a diva actress. I don't know. She probably had bedtime, uh, but it didn't get finished in time. Uh, you know, so Henley or uh, Hayden, which one? Yes, Please. that's right. Henley, <laughs> dogsy, dogsy, dogsy on Twitch. I I think this is our first ever Twitch commenter. Welcome, welcome to the show. Um, and so, but I will say so, just so that you guys can get excited. What I'm hoping for here is like, I assume like a skeleton on like a desert island with rum bottles everywhere. And, and the skeleton's kind of like, like this, you know, with his feet kicked back and he's watching like a big screen TV, with like VHS tapes and stuff uh, on the island, I assume. And, uh, and yeah, so it'll be called uh, Desert Island Movies. Now, Tina. Right there. <laughs> Do you want my, okay, do you want my three? Okay. We want your three. What are what were the three movies that you love? Hair the Musical. I watched that in my I don't know early twenties, I guess, about seventy-two times. Loved oh. it beyond measure. Knew the music score beginning to end. All-time favorite musical. I love it. Hair, 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 hair. Number one. Number two. That's um <laughs> anything with Jackie Chan. Oh, well, then I you got. That that's cheating. No, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll we'll just hour. say we'll say Rumble in the Bronx. Done. Rush hour. Yeah. Rush oh, hour. Just, I love that guy. He's just a maniac. And Lake House. Oh. That is the Keanu Reeves. Sandra Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock movie. I think that's a nice little time travel rom com. Yeah. Wild shenanigans and crazy entertainment that me and the skeleton can go happily dancing around the desert island for. That's yeah. right. And it's Keanu. He is kind of lovely. I don't mm -hmm. mind as well. <laughs> so there you go. That's mine. Amazing. Those are That's amazing. amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, final, final words, final thoughts, uh, Tina on, on writing short stories or writing in general. What are, what are we saying to, to our audience? If you even have the hint of a story you want to write, whether it is a short story or or not even to write, to tell, whether it's stories to your kids or your family story or a novel or just, if you have an inkling of an idea in your head, do not let a moment of doubt stop you from just doing it. Just doing it. Sit down, pick up a pen and paper, and write. Oh, and probably the other big thing is get feedback often. If you decide to take it seriously, do not sit in a cupboard for two years before you do something. Work with someone where every chapter, every page, every what have you, you're giving to somebody to say, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? Don't wait. Don't get so attached to something 
that when you get the feedback, it hurts. Get feedback mm. often, 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 often. Then you yeah. <laughs> feedback because, stings sometimes. Because right? if you put if you put too much into that first little bit, you will be reluctant to change it into something better because mm. of the yeah. amount of work it represents. Yes. Yeah. And if you do something big and then somebody who really knows their beans, and this has happened to me about seven times, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Sucker <laughs> for punishment. Fatal plot floor, and you'd really have to go back to the beginning, and it tears you up. No, feedback often fail fast. Isn't that a business thing? Fail oh, fast. Yeah. If it isn't, it should be. It should be. <laughs> Eight tips. Look at that. Yeah, better than better than failing often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. Fail fast sounds like you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Tina, for, for uh, you know, for giving us so much great insight into mm -hmm. writing and creating and getting into the right mindset. We really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, Jason, thank you for pushing through your headache, because I know that sometimes you can have little volcano like headaches. No problem. So no problem. Good, good work, sir. Tina, get, get some sleep. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> or just stay awake. Record the well, story I was going to say dream big, but maybe instead <laughs> work hard. Really hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you watched or listened, please leave us a comment or a review. We really want to hear from you. Share the show with a friend. You know they'll love us. Head over to our website, thefableforest.com. There's all kinds of great stuff. Poke around. Check it out. See you all again in a couple weeks.